preach from over here, amen. The pulpit's over here on the side this morning. This is the first time I've ever had to drag my pulpit over to the platform to preach. Let me just say that to start out with, but it's good to be here this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. If you have your worship guide, I'm going to do my best to follow along with that thing. I'm really working on that. I'm getting better at it, I think, but still got a long way to go. 1 Corinthians 3, we're going to look this morning at crowns in heaven. The Bible tells us there's crowns we can earn in this life that we'll receive in the next life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, very familiar passage. Let's jump right into this thing this morning. We're going to look at a lot of scripture And I hope you'll be attentive and think about your life. If I could get you to think about something this morning, before we get started, it would be this. What am I living for today that has eternal value? What today is in my life that has eternal value? One of the things God expects us to do after we're saved is to begin to live for things that are eternal. And the Bible tells us in this passage we're going to look at today that we are going to be judged as Christians on what we've done with our life after we got saved. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 11, the Bible says this, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward." If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Wow, very strong passage there and one of the little passages in verse 15 that has always bothered me. The Bible says that this man that's work is burned will suffer loss says he will be saved, yet so as by fire, but even this saved man will suffer loss on the day of judgment. Something to think about this morning. Crowns in heaven. In this passage we just read, the Apostle Paul is reminding the church at Corinth that their works will be judged by God. That their works will be judged and revealed by fire. He compares their works in this passage He compares them to these materials, gold and silver and precious stones and wood, hay and stubble. No doubt the gold, the silver and the precious stones, God compares those to eternal works, to things we do for God that matter, that have eternal value. And then he compares the carnality, the carnal works to wood, hay and stubble. So the question today is, how do our works stack up as we get into the message today? I would just ask you to ask the question again. What in my life today am I doing that has eternal value? What in my life today has eternal ramifications? What works do I have today 
foundational thought number one in your, in your handout is this. There will be rewards given out in heaven, but heaven itself is not our reward. There will be rewards given out in heaven. The Bible tells us that in this verse, that there will be rewards given out, but heaven itself is not our reward. I do want you to under, I want to clarify before we get into the earning of these crowns, the work we can do to earn these crowns, that, hey, church, heaven is not our reward. Heaven cannot be earned, amen? Hey, you can't work for heaven. You can't earn heaven. You can't be good enough to go to heaven. Heaven is a gift. Heaven is, the, is, is literally the, the product of a relationship with Christ. Amen. And some of us even get confused on that one to the point that salvation is about going to heaven when salvation, hey, is about a relationship with God. Heaven is just a byproduct, amen? Heaven is a place we get to go because we are saved. Heaven is not our reward. So just to clarify that, if you're here today and you do not know Jesus as your personal Savior, I want you to know there is a place called heaven that you can go to forever and forever and forever if you have a relationship with Christ. Foundational thought number two. One of the keys to the Christian life is to learn to live for the eternal. The things we cannot see rather than living for the carnal and the things we can see. We live in a carnal world, amen? We just do, it's hard. It's hard for Christians today to live in the Spirit. because It's hard on our young people to live in the Spirit and not the flesh. But God wants us to learn as believers to live for the eternal. What does He say in Matthew chapter 6? Lay not up treasures on earth, but lay up treasures in heaven. Lay up treasures in heaven. Things we cannot see. Things for eternity. We must learn as pastors, as believers, as Christians, hey, to invest into this life in things that may not get noticed here, but one day God will notice them. Things that have eternal value. The bottom line is this, as I lay a foundation and then we'll jump into these crowns. Hey, what we do in this life matters. It matters what we do. The days that God gives us, are we conscious of walking in the Spirit? Are we conscious of spirituality? Or are we just living a carnal life? Dare I say this morning, hey, that the problem with our nation, the problem with our world today is not this carnal world that we live in, but carnal Christians that make up this world. My Bible tells me that if God's people are living for God, we'll make a difference. But if we too are carnal in our life, there will be no difference. What we do matters. Are we living for the eternal today or are we living for the carnal? We must learn to live for the next life, church. We must learn to live for the eternal. The Bible teaches that we must learn to lay up treasures in heaven. Hey, let's don't get too caught up in this carnal life. Amen. We do need to remember, church, that we're pilgrims. Amen. This is not the end. Amen. This is not our home. We are just passing through. Hey, some of us live like we're never going to die when in fact we should be living with the thought of eternity in the forefront of our minds at all times. Hey, Jesus could come today. 
And you'll see later that one of the crowns you can win is a crown for those who are ready for His appearing. Number three, I think it's next in your, actually the title. The Bible teaches that there are five crowns that can be earned in this life and received in the next life. Five crowns. Don't let that scare you, amen? We'll get through all five of them, amen? The first one, let's look at this first one. The first one we just, the Apostle Paul in Corinthians, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. The first one is called the incorruptible crown. The incorruptible crown. If you are looking with me, 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. So what is this crown, Brother Butch, that we can earn? The first one is the incorruptible crown. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, the Bible says this, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. The incorruptible crown. The first crown you and I can earn in this life to be received in the next life, the Apostle Paul tells us, is the incorruptible crown. Paul states that this crown, church, hey, how do you win the incorruptible crown? Paul tells us in this passage, the way to win the incorruptible crown, it will be given to those who learn to bring their bodies into subjection so the Holy Spirit can control them. Those who learn to bring their bodies into subjection, what Paul is talking about here is you and I as believers, hey, learning to bring the flesh into subjection. Learn to bring the flesh into subjection so that the Holy Spirit can have control. It will be won by those Christians who are conscious of the fact that after we are saved, church, hey, after we're saved, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that we are in a battle between flesh and spirit. Amen? Hey, it's a battle. You know why it's a battle between flesh and spirit? Because God didn't save our flesh. Our flesh is not saved. It's a struggle. Hey, it's a battle. It is warfare, the Bible says. After you are saved, hey, you cannot live the Christian life in the flesh. Can't do it. You can do it for a little while, but it won't last. It won't last. Some of you are here today. You're trying to live for God in the flesh. Hey, you won't make it. You won't last. Some of you today need to earn the incorruptible crown by bringing this flesh into subjection. Hey, the Christian life is about you and I learning to deny ourselves. It's about denying the flesh. What did God tell the rich young ruler? He said, you've got to deny yourself. Take up your cross. It starts for the believer. Hey, you and I, in putting this flesh into subjection, it's not easy. But the incorruptible crown will go to those who do that. See, if you're not careful, as a Christian, you can begin to just go through the motions. Just go through the motions. So the question today is, what's controlling us? Is it the carnal? Or is it the spiritual? It's a battle. How many be honest with me and say, there are days the carnal wins. There are days the flesh wins. There are days, hey, it's not easy to walk with God. It's easy to get saved. 
It's not always easy to get saved, but the plan of salvation is simple. But living for God, now hold on a minute. Walking in the Spirit of God, that's not easy. Paul says if you want the incorruptible crown, you must learn to bring this flesh into subjection. You see, here's some thoughts I had on this. The carnal says this, what's in it for me? Amen? The spiritual says this, what's in it for others? The carnal says, what can I get out of this? What's in it for me? The spiritual says, what can I do to help others? Good test this morning to see, hey, to see if you're walking in the spiritual or you're walking in the carnal. If you want the incorruptible crown, hey church, I'm telling you this morning, if you want this crown, you must learn to bring this body into subjection, this flesh into subjection and let the Spirit of God control you. The carnal says, I'm in charge of my life. But the spiritual says, God, you're in charge. Amen? God, you're in charge. The carnal says, I'm going to do what I want to do, but the spiritual says, God, you are in charge. The carnal is looking for recognition in this life, but the spiritual learns to do things that may not be noticed here, but will be noticed in heaven. Willing to work behind the scenes, maybe. This crown will be given to those who allow the Holy Spirit to have control of their heart. And here's the thing, here's what's neat. If you win the incorruptible crown and you allow the Holy Spirit to have control daily, you'll start doing things you normally don't do. See, when the Spirit's in control, you do things you normally won't do. Amen? Come on. You'll go to a restaurant today, get bad service, and you'll still leave a tip and a track and say, Lord, bless them. Amen? Hey, when the, when the spiritual's in control, you'll do things you normally won't do. Hey, your enemy will oppose you, that person that oppresses you. Hey, they'll get in your face. Hey, and instead of getting even or getting mad, you'll pray for them. You'll pray for them. Hey, you'll do things you normally would not do if you'll allow the Holy Spirit to have control of your life. We need God to be in charge, folks. Amen? God has much better plans for my life than I do. I want our young people to know, hey, allow God to have control. Don't fight Him for control of your life and your future. Let Him have control. God has much bigger plans for you than you do. You'll begin to do things you normally wouldn't do. When you're offended, you'll forgive. Preacher preached last week about forgiveness. We learned in our small group today that if we're allowing the Spirit of God to control us, We'll forgive. If we don't forgive, we're not allowing the Spirit of God to have control. Amen? We're taking control. If we don't forgive, we're saying, hey, I'm in charge here. Peter, Paul says, hey, the incorruptible crown will be given to those who bring this flesh into subjection. I just want the church to know this morning, this thing of living for God, of giving the Spirit control of our life, is something that we must do on purpose every day with great intentionality, saying, God, I want you to live through me today. I want to walk through the Spirit of God today. I want the Spirit of God to be in control. The incorruptible crown will be given to those who allow the Holy Spirit to govern their life. 
they behave and they treat others based on who they are. I read an example of Billy Sunday one time in Chicago out in the streets preaching. And he crossed the street and there was a prostitute on the other side of the street. And as they crossed paths, Billy Sunday had one of his preacher boys with him. As they crossed paths, Billy Sunday tipped his hat and said, Good day, ma'am. God bless you. Walked to the other side. His preacher boy said, Brother Dr. Sunday, he said, I know what that lady does. I know you know what kind of lady she is. Why were you so kind to her? And Billy Sunday made this statement. He said, I'm not, I do not treat people a certain way because of who they are, but because of who I am. Because of who I am. The incorruptible crown will be given to those who allow the Holy Spirit to have control of their life. This stuff's not easy. We want control, amen? We want to be in charge. But it should be, hey, for every believer, it should be God's in charge. And for all us men, after that, it's our wife, amen? She comes in second. For me, it's like God, my wife, then my daughter, amen? And that'll work. Had a little fun with that. Hey, let's give the Spirit control. The incorruptible crown. Hey, church, we can earn this crown. The Bible says in that passage that that's a crown that we can earn. Number two. Did I give you all the points on that one? God help us. The points are this. Amen. Let's just just stop right here a minute. The incorruptible crown. The crown will be given to those who've learned to bring their flesh into subjection so the Holy Spirit can control them. This crown will be won by those who learn to apply the spiritual disciplines to their life which lead to spiritual maturity. Number two, the crown of rejoicing. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, the crown of rejoicing. The second crown we can earn is called the crown of rejoicing. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 2, 19, For what is our hope, our joy, our crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ that is coming? For ye are our glory and joy. Paul tells the church at Thessalonica here, you can, hey, that the ones that I have led to Christ, the ones that God has been able to use, hey, in my life to reach out with the gospel, to tell them about Jesus, he says, ye are the glory and the crown. Ye are the glory and the joy. Paul told these Christians at Thessalonica that his joy, his glory were the souls that have been saved. Some refer to this as the soul winner's crown. The soul winner's crown. You say, Brother Butch, what are you teaching this morning? I'm teaching, hey, I believe there will be a crown given to those who have this gift of reaching the lost. Amen. Reaching the lost. Crown of rejoicing. Crown of soul winners. This crown will be given to those who have a burden for the lost and a boldness to share their faith. I still say this, church. Paul said, the greatest joy and glory that I have here in Thessalonica are ye, are ye, he said, the souls of men and women who have come to Jesus. Could I say this morning at Gospel Light that the greatest glory and the greatest joy that happens at Gospel Light is when a soul is reborn to God. 
It's when souls are saved. God saves a lost soul. Crown of rejoicing. This crown will be given to those who are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. When you're out working and God nudges you to tell someone, amen. For you students that are in school and God nudges you to share your faith. When I'm at work and the Holy Spirit says, hey, you need to talk to them. Hey, when you're out at work, at church, at school, hey, maybe here on this campus and God's sensitive. Hey, you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit to the point that you feel Him say, you need to talk to them. You need to give them Christ. Aren't you thankful for the person who shared Jesus with you? Amen. Amen. The one that will receive the soul winner's crown because they gave you the gospel. Listen, make no mistake about it, church. God still does the saving. God does the convicting. God does the drawing. Hey, but God still uses people to share the gospel. Who'd you share the gospel with this week? Who did you share your faith with this week? Hey, this stuff has eternal value. This stuff makes a difference for eternity. A soul winner's crown. I'm thankful for a man named James Todd in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Brother James Todd, you don't know him. But Brother James Todd, I believe, will get the soul winner's crown in heaven. He was a bus worker in Pine Bluff that almost 40 years ago knocked on our door. Knocked on my door. Hey, and was able to reach me and my brothers and sisters had already got my older brother to go to church. Hey, and one by one, we began to get saved. My mom and dad got saved. Hey, our family history changed on that day because a man named James Todd went out. Hey, and I believe Brother James Todd's going to get the soul winner's crown. I'm thankful for that man today. Some of you can go back to the point in your life when someone gave you the gospel. Someone showed you Jesus. And if they didn't do it with their lips, they did it with their life. And you said, man, there's something there I want. I think about the young man, I've heard preacher get up and preach about the young man or the, or the man that won his mama to Jesus in a grocery store parking lot. I don't think Brother Eric's ever met that man. And I don't know who that man is. But I know that man had an interest that day And it didn't matter who they were. It didn't matter if he knew them or not. He had an interest that day of reaching people with the gospel. He had an intentionality that day to go out and tell somebody about Jesus. And so on that day, he met Brother Eric's mother in a grocery store parking lot, gave her the gospel. She trusted Jesus. Hey, do you think that man realizes what happened as a result of that? Look around. I believe that man's going to get the soul winner's crown. And I've often thought about that, Miss Carolina. You know, I thought after Jesus, that may be the first man Brother Eric wants to meet. See, it all started somewhere for all of us, amen? Somebody gave the gospel to somebody that you know that gave it to you. Who are we giving it to? There's people in hot springs that need the gospel. Hey, I want to receive the soul winner's crown. I think about a young couple in Mississippi named Jonathan and Angelica Ferguson, a couple that 
came to our church several years ago, about to get divorced, hey, distraught. She was expecting. It was not a good situation. They were on the brink of, of parting, and they got in church, and God uh, blessed me to lead both of them to Jesus. We were able to see them get married, and they're strong Christians today with a beautiful family. I'm telling you, it's worth it. It's worth it. God says there will be a crown called the crown of rejoicing. Those who have a burden for the lost. Will you receive that crown? Have you told anybody about Christ? Have you ever led a soul to Christ? Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? I want to receive that crown. Will anybody be in heaven because you told them about Jesus? Now, don't get me wrong. I understand if they're going to be in heaven, it's going to be because of what God did for them. But God uses human instrumentality to share the gospel and to plant the seed. It's called the crown of rejoicing. Will you win that crown? Number three. I didn't give you all the notes on that one either, did I? Let's go back. I did? Amen. Number three, the crown of life. Amen. Crown of life. In James, in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 12. Third crown we can earn. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the what? Crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love Him. James tells us that we will receive the crown of life if we've endured and if we love God. The Bible says this crown will be given to those who endure temptation. Hey, it'll be given to those who get through the hard times. It'll be given to those that endure, that press on when it's not easy. It'll be given to those who who struggle but keep going. It'll be given to those that are tried and tested, and when it's hard, they keep serving God. Hey, this crown won't be given to quitters. Man, it got quiet. Hey, this crown won't be given to those who, who throw in the towel. This crown will be given to those who, when the pressure is on, hey, when life's not fair, hey, when your heart's broken, you still just press on. Paul said, I press toward the mark. That indicates that sometimes in life it's a struggle to keep going. Amen? really is. Sometimes in our Christian life it's not easy. It's a struggle. It's a hardship. But what keeps them going is their love for Christ. It says to them that love Him. To them that love Him. It keeps them going. This crown will not be given to the wishy-washy. It won't be given to those, hey, who are in and out, hot and cold, up and down, wavering. God, help us today to become a church body that will be steadfast, committed, faithful, growing in Christ. I want to receive the crown of life. Amen? And if I'm going to receive the crown of life, I've got to make up my mind today, I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting. Hey, God, I'm not quitting. You've done too much for me to throw in the towel. I may have a hardship or a bad day. I may have some serious problems, and we all do. But, God, I'm not quitting you. 
I'm going to endure. James says if you'll endure. Amen? I've heard preachers say, don't endure your Christianity. According to this verse, sometimes we've got to endure. Sometimes we have to. Hey, it's not always I'm all for victory and living on topside, but there are days in the Christian walk, hey, that we have to endure. But just don't quit. Just keep going. Just keep fighting. Oh, what could keep us to do that would be our love for God. It keeps them going. That's what he said. Listen to this, church. God's love for you saves you. But it will be your love for him that will keep you going. It will be your love for him that will help you overcome. It will be your love for him that will get you through the hard times. How do you love God? I believe Paul teaches us to love him is to know him. He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. To love God is to know God. Have you ever thought about your relationship with God? How much do you know about God? How much? Have you ever thought about some of the songs we sing on Sunday, the worship songs, how much he loves us? It should be one of the songs I love is that overwhelmed song. It should overwhelm us. We should be amazed. We should be overwhelmed. And our love for God should drive us to a place that will endure temptation, as that verse says, that we'll pass the test. Hey, that when the test come, we'll make it because we love Him. The deeper your love for God, the stronger you'll become in your trials. You see, Paul and Silas were in shackles, were in chains, were on the brink of death. The Bible says they were singing praises at midnight. What if that had been us? What if that had been us in shackles and chains? I got a feeling some of us would be griping, amen? Some of us would be complaining. Some of us may be saying, Lord, look what I'm going through for you. How did Paul and Silas sing praises to God in shackles and in chains? I think they did it because they thought about how much they loved God. They thought about how much He loved them, and then they thought about how much they loved Him. Crown of life. The apostles who became martyrs, most of them, uh, with the exception of John, became martyrs after the resurrection for the glory of God, became martyrs because of their love for Christ. This crown will be given to those, the crown of life will be given to those who are willing to suffer. And maybe even one day church die for the glory of God. There are people across our world today that are dying for what they believe in. Would you be willing to suffer for God? Would you be willing to die for God? God says if you will, you'll receive the crown of life in heaven. God will give, can you imagine that? God giving us a crown? Crown of life. I think about people that I believe will receive the crown of life. I think about Job. The suffering Job went through in the Bible. I believe Job received the crown of life. I think about more relevantly, I think about that young lady 
uh, 15 years ago or so at Columbine High School when the perpetrator said, do you believe in Jesus? If you don't, if you say you don't, we won't kill you. And she said, I believe in Jesus. And they took her life. I believe that young lady received the crown of life. I believe missionary Jim Elliott received the crown of life as he went to reach those Indians and they killed him. I believe he received the crown of life. I believe Melvin Yalung, missionary to the Philippines who lives on less than $100 a week with six children and told me the reason he does that is because he has to be in their culture to reach them. And he's willing to suffer. And he's willing to live that way for the glory of God to reach his native people. I believe Brother Melvin one day will receive the crown of life. Will you? Will you and I receive the crown of life that's given to those who endure? That's given to those who persist when it's not easy? That's given to those who, who continue on in the hardships? Revelation chapter 2, the Bible says, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Many times this Christian life is just about staying persistent. Just not quitting. I mean, just, hey, you may not go far this week, but you just keep going. You just don't quit. I believe the crown of life will be given to those Christians. Number four. Did y'all get the notes on that one? Didn't get any of them, did you? Amen. Crown of life. This crown will be given to those who have endured temptation and have been tested and have remained faithful. The motivation behind this crown is a growing love for God. Number four, the crown of righteousness. This one's located in 2 Timothy. One more after this one. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. We see here the Bible says, For I am now ready to be offered. Paul, of course, is about to die. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. The crown of righteousness. It'll be given to those, the Apostle Paul says, who are ready for his appearing. The crown of righteousness will be given to those believers who are ready when Jesus comes. See, I'm not asking you, you say, Brother Butch, I'm saved, I'm ready. I'm not asking you if you're ready to go to heaven. Are you ready to see Jesus and stand before him? According to that verse, the Apostle Paul's saying, Hey, I know you've got to be saved to be ready, but I believe, I believe some of this suffering loss as a believer will be when God comes back and the church is ashamed at his coming. The Bible says that. Some will be ashamed at his coming. Hey, what are we living for today? He says this crown of righteousness will be given to those who are ready, for those that are looking forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus, for those that don't just say they're saved, but they live like they're saved. This crown will be given to those who are in tune to the Holy Spirit. They're living, hey, with this waiting spirit 
Hey, asking God to empower them to look for His appearing. Hey, don't you believe, church, that it could be any day? Are we living like Jesus is coming? Hey, if you knew, if God had put in His Word that I will return on October the 26th, 2014, would you be living any differently? I probably would. You know, if we learn to live for God with great passion every day, then it don't matter when He comes. Amen. We're going to be ready. God help me to learn to live with great passion every day, to take advantage of every day, to be, hey, sober and conscious every day of my spiritual walk of my prayer life, of my devotional life, of my solitude with you, God. Help me to think about it every day and to look for His return. Your notes on that. This crown will be given to those who are ready for His appearing. Some refer to this as the disciples' crown, which will not be given to those who say they are saved, but to those who live like they are saved. Are you ready? Are you ready? The Bible says we're the bride of Christ. Amen? We're the bride. You know, one thing about a bride, and my, my niece is here today, Kaylee, and uh, her fiancé, Sean. I'll be doing their wedding in a couple weeks. And there's one thing about a bride. Buddy, she is prepared. Amen? I've never seen anything like it. You go to these weddings. I've done several weddings as a pastor, of course, and and they're like, okay, the wedding's at 7. And the girls are like, okay, we're going to go start getting ready at 1. <laughs> really? Six hours? Hey, all I can say is this, guys. Hey if, you're, hey, if your wife ain't pretty on her wedding day, you're in trouble. Amen? <laughs> God, help us. I've seen ugly women pretty on her wedding day. Amen? I mean, I, I've seen women that I, that I thought was ugly on her wedding day say, man, she cleaned up pretty good, amen? What is it about these brides? Bride's ready. She's prepared. She takes great detail. I mean, she does her nails perfect. The makeup is perfect. Usually someone does it for her. Every hair is in place. Her gown is perfect. She's ready. She's conscious of how she looks for her bridegroom. And that is the picture God gives us for His appearing. Are we paying attention to how we're living? Are we paying attention to our appearance spiritually? If God came today, if Jesus came back today, would you be proud of how you look as the bride of Christ? Or would you have to say you're defeated and ashamed? God help us to rise up. To rise up as the bride of Christ and to live with great passion. Excited about Jesus. Amen. Share our faith. Hey, put this flesh into subjection. Allow the Spirit of God to have control of our life. Allow the Spirit of God to govern our life. Oh, I know there will be moments of carnality. We're human, amen? we got to remember that. But God help us to allow the Spirit to govern our life. Crown of righteousness. Are you ready 
to see Jesus. If you're ready, if you're prepared, if you're looking forward to His coming, God says you'll receive the crown of righteousness one day. The last crown we'll look at this morning, 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter number 5. And we'll be done. Is the crown of glory. The crown of glory. 1 Peter 5, verse 1, it says, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God. Peter talking to the elders and the pastors. What does he tell them? Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, and that's Jesus, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Most theologians believe that this crown is reserved for pastors. This crown will be reserved for God's anointed call upon men who preach the gospel. Called with the highest calling to shepherd a body of believers, but not all pastors will get this crown. Well, God had some pretty strict conditions in there about the ones that would receive this crown. Hey, this crown will be given to those pastors who lead by example who labor with a willing heart. Did you notice that word willingly in there? And have a pure motive. Pastors that lead by example, labor with a willing heart and have a pure motive. I can say this because he's not here. I think that is our pastor. I believe Brother Eric's got the most willing heart I've ever met in the ministry. Never met anybody that loves people like he does. Willing heart. Not in it for himself. Hey, a pure motive. Just loves people. Wants to see them get better. Wants to see them grow. Wants to see them spiritually become strong. And leads by example. God said, these are the pastors that will receive the crown of glory. Not the ones who are proud not the ones who are in it for themselves, not the ones who are in it to be seen or noticed. Hey, but the ones who are willing to serve, clothed with humility. Hey, willing examples, leaders, hey, by example, laboring with a willing heart and a pure motive. Shouldn't that be our life? God, help me to lead my children by example. God, help me to do that. I got news for you parents. Your kids are not going to pay much attention to what you say if your life don't match your words. Lead by example. Labor with a willing heart. That describes our attitude. I want to do this. I willingly do this just as Jesus willingly died for you and me. Nobody took his life. He laid it down. Your notes... On that, if you've not gotten them yet, this is a reward reserved for those who pastor God's flock. Those pastors who lead by example, labor with a willing heart, and have a pure motive. And my final thoughts today are this. We need to learn to live this life by investing in the next life.
And then lastly this, all saved people will go to heaven, but not all saved people will receive a crown. The Bible said in our beginning passage that some will be saved yet so as by fire. That used to bother me. Yet so as by fire. The Bible even says they'll suffer loss. What is that loss, God? They're going to go to heaven. You, you said in that verse that they're going to go to heaven even if their works burn up. Even if all their works on earth were wood, hay, and stubble. You said they'll be saved, yet so as by fire. God, what is that all about? Well, the Bible doesn't give us the details, but the Bible does tell us in the book of Revelation that when we stand before Him, before we enter the portals of heaven, God says this, I'll wipe away all tears. I'll wipe away all tears. I'll make all things right. Could it be that the tears in heaven will be those who were born again and yet live their entire life for themselves? Could it be that the tears in heaven, that the suffering of loss, will be those who live their entire life and see their entire works burn up? They live their entire life with no eternal value. Five crowns that we can win. Because here's the deal. When God gives us those crowns, the Bible says in Revelation that the four and twenty elders will cast those crowns at the feet of Jesus. And you and I will be able to cast those crowns at the feet of Jesus because, listen, church, we will not receive a crown for anything that we've done, but only what God has done through us. I don't know about you. I want to earn some crowns. I want to receive some crowns in heaven. Hey, I want to stand before Jesus and when my works are tried by fire, I know a lot of it's going to go up in smoke. I know all my carnal days are going to be burned up. But the thing about gold and silver and precious stones is when they're tried by fire, they're made even more pure. And the gift is strengthened, made more beautiful. God, I want to earn some of those crowns so I can give something to Jesus. Not that I have done, but God, what you've done through me. I asked you at the beginning of the service to ask yourself the question, what am I living for that has eternal value? I hope you thought about that. Maybe you need to come today and say, hey, this day forward, I want to earn some crowns. I want to learn to live for the eternal. I want to learn to put my flesh into subjection so that the Spirit can have control. I want to learn to share my faith and receive the soul winner's crown. Hey, I want to learn to endure and persist in the hard times, in the broken times, hey, so that I can receive the crown of life. God, help me to learn to live for the things I cannot see instead of just the things I see. Every head bowed, every eye closed.